Hello, everyone, and welcome to SWAT Radio here on Tuesday, August 23rd. I'm David Gray, along with Brad Sykes. We are in for Doug McCary, or at least I am. Brad, I'm in Brad's seat. Brad's in Doug's seat. And, I think I'm in for Doug. And You're yeah, in for, I don't know, me. Yeah, or... <laughs> for you, kind of, and kind of musical chairs. We'll, but anyway, we're glad you're with us. And uh, here on, as I said, Tuesday, coming to you from the Salem Center here in Jacksonville, Florida. And again, all our listeners on the various outlets on which we are hopefully coming through loud and clear, WMOX and WMER in Meridian, Mississippi, WPMH, uh, the Lighthouse in uh, Chesapeake, Virginia, or the Coastal Carolina area, I think that reaches, uh, WTRJ here in Jacksonville at 91.7, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. Are all those stations in, in, that I just read in Florida, St. Aug- in Jacksonville, St. Augustine, and Folkestone known as the truth? Do you know the answer to that? I don't know. Maybe don't Steve know. can uh, yeah, inform sure. us. Uh, we, I guess we should know those kind Yeah, of I'm not sure. But anyway. We, we don't know a whole lot, David. <laughs> I mean, you know, let's be honest. <laughs> well, yeah. how, are you, how are you doing on this? Is it Tuesday? Yeah, yeah it, it is Tuesday. Is Tuesday. Yes, I'm doing Tuesday. all right. Just uh, as I was joking with you right before we came on, work really interferes with my personal life and on a on a work call here right till we jumped on the air here but uh that's okay we can switch gears well we, i'd much rather do this than well, I <laughs> what i was say, talking I, about I was earlier say, we, we don't have a problem shifting gears that's for sure it's no. uh yeah, it's been a busy day for me as well i uh had the great privilege uh as i do a lot of tuesday mornings to uh to teach and I think I was sharing with you yesterday or day before, I can't remember, uh, that I we are going through the book of Revelation. Mm. And so usually, and I am a verse-by-verse verse guy. That's just the way I teach. I think that, I'm not saying, well, I personally think it's the right way. I don't teach because of that. I just, anyway, I was assigned the entire chapter 17. That's not. I'm, I, well, you've been around when I've taught. I mean, I am very much a, give me about five or six verses. Mm-hmm. I'm just not smart enough, you know, <laughs> to be able to get through that. Actually, what what it really is, I mean, that's uh, that's certainly true. But uh, I love to study the Word of God. I it you know, I never thought. I don't know if you were this way as a as a young uh, teenager. I, in fact, my dad may be listening. He would absolutely affirm this. I hated school. I hated reading. My mother always wanted us to read, and we did read, but I didn't like it. Mm. Just never liked reading. When you look back over your life, when God regenerated your heart, what are the things that came to the surface that were like, well, that's new? Mm. Well, wow, I never had an appetite for that. Now I have an appetite for that. Or I had an appetite for that, and I don't have an appetite for that now. Yeah. Are there any things? Yeah, yeah. So one of them for me was reading. Mm. I, I love to read, and I love 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 to study mm-hmm. I, I i tell people often after i teach or before i teach uh, i don't know whether or not i have the, the the technically the spiritual gift of teaching but if there was a gift for study i've got that mm. uh, because i love it so the, yeah. the reason i teach is because i love to study yeah yep. and when we study the word of god and it gets as i always said doesn't matter how you how many times you go through the word, it's how many times the word goes through mm-hmm. you, that you allow the word to 
speak to your your depraved heart. Yeah, yeah. And and it's almost like your heart gets regenerated every time you're in the Word. You were just uh, sharing that out of Deuteronomy. Well, uh, yeah, absolutely. And and I I was when I was in school, I liked I was okay with reading. I did read a lot. I liked history. I liked some sciences. I hated math. Wasn't good in it. That was Spent, about the only topic I did. My dad was a science teacher, and I had him for a teacher in middle school. Oh, no. So when I went to high school and had to take physics, and, and of course, small town, and the physics teacher was a colleague of his and knew him for a long time, and here comes his oldest son getting a D in physics. And <laughs> so I was sitting down with my father every night you know, for several semesters or quarters uh, working with him on physics. And I, you know, that, that biology, chemistry, I was fine, but the part that involved math, forget it. That's why I used the old, uh, there was an old Saturday Night Live skit when Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd did the Ford-Carter debates. And Chevy Chase was Gerald Ford and Jane Curtin is a questioner. She's asking him a question with all these different numbers, the gross debt national product and inflation and interest rates and this and that. And the camera keeps closing in on his face and finally she gets done with the question and he says uh it was my understanding that there'd be no math <laughs> and that's kind of my standard line so but but seriously to your question i think as god and i you and i have talked about this i can't point to the moment that god regenerated mm-hmm. me i was brought up mm-hmm. in the church i can right. point to lots of moments where i was floundering and rebelling and walking away from him and where he grabbed me and pulled me back um, and where he's changed me on multiple occasions, but certainly study has been one of those things. And there's nothing like teaching it to learn it. Mm-hmm. But but one of the ways that he's really changed me, I think, is moving me from what what's my motivation for wanting to study right. and teach. Right. And I think even without knowing it in the past, there were times when it was, well, this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. This shows that I'm involved Right, and I'm I'm doing things that support my claim of being a Christian. Moving from that to I just want to learn. I, I'm to the point now, and and Doug and you and others have had a lot to do with this. Where I just want to know Jesus, yeah, and I exactly. want to follow Jesus. And you know it's that the woman who called us last week, Sandra, I think was her name, mm-hmm. and she talked about that how the first half of her Christian life was doing her duty and doing all the things that. Yeah. You know, she thought were she was taught were the right things to do, and then she learned. You know, it's about following Jesus and knowing Jesus, and and really, that's that's what it boils down to at this point for me. I'm, I'm when I don't know what to say, that's what I say. Help mm-hmm. me to follow you and and mm-hmm. to know you. And yeah. uh, anyway, well, and I think uh, <clears throat> yeah, I appreciate you bringing up uh, Sandra, who was our caller last week about, and she mentioned the fact that she'd grown up in a church. That tended to be a little more uh, rule-following, mm-hmm. and we can talk about that. But <laughs> the reality is uh, she said, I knew all about Jesus, but I didn't know Jesus. Mm. And I think right. to, to maybe pick up on that idea, I heard my, our pastor say this weekend, it'd be one thing to say I know facts about my wife, right? but it's a whole other thing to know my wife. right? And that's what God wants. Yeah. He wants us to know him yep. and his son, yep. and uh, and we have his word to do that. We have prayer. We have his spirit. This, you know, it's just it's awesome. And and, and along those lines, <laughs> sorry to cut you off, but no, along yeah. those lines, going back to what you said about teaching Revelation, 
I think that a lot of people shy away from Revelation because they think it's hard to understand, and it is in parts, hard to understand or too controversial or, you know, I, I, I love the joke that says, well, I'm a, I'm a pan-millennialist, you know, it all pans out in the end. <laughs> but, but when I've studied Revelation in the past, and I, I took a couple of classes in just adult Sunday school in, a, in our old church where we had great, great teaching on it, and that helped me a lot. But it's a tremendously hopeful book. I mean, it means oh, unveiling, yes, right? The yes. apocalypse or apocalypto yeah, yeah. means unveiling. Yep. And it's the unveiling of Jesus in all his glory, yeah. um, where he's coming back, not as the suffering servant Messiah, but as yeah. King of Kings and Lord yeah. of Lords. Yeah. And, and it's an incredibly hopeful book. And one of the best things I ever read about it, well, a couple of things, but that it's it's kind of what believers can expect between in the world between the first and second comings of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's not just mm-hmm. all about end times. It's about the the end of the age because yeah. the church age is yeah. the last big thing yeah. on God's calendar before Jesus comes back. And the second thing is, and I and I won't get into this too deeply because we'll be here all day. I know, but I'm planning on one it. Of, one of the best lines I ever heard about Revelation was. And you have to stay with me on this for a second, and this is not original to me. It doesn't mean what it says always. It means what it means. Yeah. And I like that. And, and, and the explanation of that is if you think about John's picture of Jesus among the lampstands at the beginning of Revelation, and he describes him as having the hair as white as wool and right. a sharp <laughs> double-edged sword coming out of his mouth and eyes like burning coals. And if you actually physically drew that out, it would look kind of crazy. Yeah. So it doesn't mean literally that Jesus has a double-edged sword coming out of his right. mouth. It means what it means, which is that's his word. Yeah. And if you approach it with that kind of a slant, if you will, mm-hmm. or that kind of mm-hmm. a way of reading it, I think it helps a lot. So yeah. anyway, well, just a I little mean, aside. There. Yeah. Chapter 17 of Revelation was just, and I know I've, I've taught out of Revelation. I've taught the book of Revelation before. And you're, you may be this way as well, where, and, and Doug and I've had this conversation <clears throat> on multiple uh, occurrences where you've taught through a passage or a book to teach it a second or a third time. And yet, even that second, third, maybe even fourth or fifth time, God's got new. It's, it's nothing new. It was there all along. But when we understand that the Spirit of God is the teacher, Doug's not the teacher. You're not the teacher. I'm not the teacher. The Spirit of God is the teacher. Mm. That the Spirit of God will illuminate things in the text that maybe you didn't see before. Absolutely. Oh, I've I've found things. After a, Doug has said this too, that he's read something a hundred times and never saw yeah, something that yeah. became patently clear to him. Yeah, and yeah. so there's always a new a new insight well, to you're, be gained. You're, you're talking about. I know we're going to take a break here in just a second. But I was thinking when you were talking about, you know, when you look at the scriptures, oftentimes, and I think uh, this is why I, I'm such a uh, huge proponent of discipleship because I think about when I came to Christ. I praise the Lord that God had my brother-in-law, Tim, there Mm. to disciple me early on. Right. He gave me a hunger for the Word of God and a discipline to study it. Yeah, and that doesn't come naturally to us. That's practiced and learned for sure. We're going to take our first break here on SWAT Radio. Call us at 844-777-7928, and we will be right back on SWAT Radio. 
This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. With all the other not quite, with all the never get it right. But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. Cause I'm just a nobody. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes. Doug McCary is off this week. He will be back next Monday. Brad, I think we've got a, you and I will be together tomorrow and Friday, and I think we've got a best of SWAT Radio we, uh, a guest yes, on Thursday. Yes, right? and I want to encourage uh, all of you who are tuned in, listen Thursday. Uh, we're going to be playing a an interview that Doug, I don't know if I was in that interview or not, uh, but Doug and John Mazel. Uh, John is a dear friend of Doug's and mine, and uh, wow, he, he's such a such a humble man, but man, the guy is just, um, he is just uh, truly a, we're talking about studying the word, he is a man of the word of God, mm. and uh, and he's not just an intellect. He's an applier of the word, mm-hmm. and and you know David. Usually, we start that first uh, segment off talking about the things of the world. <laughs> I, I don't know. I I don't see a I voted sticker. I I don't have one, but I have voted. I just want to say that I had an event that I went to this afternoon just for a short period of time. Some have you voted yet? Yes, I voted. I'm sorry, I forgot to get the sticker. I assume though that that <laughs> event you went to is why you're wearing a name tag. You're not wearing that for no, me. I know. I, I know. I'm getting older and forgetful, but no, I needed to ri- remind Steve of who I was. Thank you for the, for recognizing that. Uh, yes, that was an event I was at. Actually, interesting. It was a, an event called "Be Thou My Vision," and uh, it's put on by the For- Florida. Let's see. I think it's the Florida Family Policy Council, and they're doing a "Be Thou My Vision" tour mm. and going around. Uh, a lot of the cities here in Florida uh, to talk about uh, our responsibility as citizens, but specifically to the pastors and the yeah. ministry leaders yep. that we can't sit on the sidelines. Right. Uh, you know, so oftentimes we we think, well, uh, you know, separation church and state. I mean, what's surprising is how many biblical scholars uh, they may not say that that's. A reality but their lives reflect mm. that 
Mm-hmm. They just don't want to get involved. Yeah, and that's misinterpreted all the oh, time, completely. of course. Obviously. And so, yeah, we are to be – We're to, how do we be salt and light if we're not involved, yeah, right? Yeah. So so today is a primary election day yes. in the state of Florida, so make sure you get out and vote. The general election, I think, is November 3rd. Is that right? Um, I could no, be wrong. No, or no. the 8th. It's either the 3rd or the 8th, I yeah, think. I'll um, have to go look at my calendar. But, um, and, you know, you and I were talking before we came on the air, I think – you know, with everything going on and all the all the craziness of the last, really, I mean, you can go way back, last 20 years, I suppose, just be praying for, for fair elections, that, that the elections will be fair and that and that the, the results will reflect what the way people really voted. Yeah. I mean, however you feel, I mean, your, your candidate might not win, but we can all agree, I think, that we need free and fair elections. And if we don't have that, or if there's monkey business with that, then we're in trouble. Well, if I had a guy, uh, actually we, I was having a conversation for a short bit, uh, at this event before it kind of kicked off. And we were talking about this, um, this, uh, uh, us Christian chamber of commerce uh, event that we have on Thursday. I think you're coming to, and, uh, uh, we had somebody who's, who is coming, but had asked if this was going to be in, an organization that was a, a apolitical, meaning we're not going to meddle in that. Mm-hmm. And here's the problem. That's not our aim. Our aim is not politics. Our aim is the gospel. Our aim right. is to engage the culture, to engage the marketplace in gospel fellowship. Mm-hmm. Our, our goal is to equip in gospel truth, and our goal is, is to encourage gospel living. The fact of the matter is, though, I don't think there's any such thing as apolitical. In other words, you have a view. And if you ask me my view, I should be able to I should be able to, uh, should be able to uh, tell you what that is. Right. So anyway, I, I thought that was interesting because the fact of the matter is politics, whether you like it or not, uh, affect how we live they affect how we work they affect how we raise a family how we educate children sure Uh, so many areas that the politics are kind of grafted into society and and the the things that are most important in a society are uh uh, family uh religion uh, work education and government and it's just part of kind of who we are yep it is it is. Well, we've been talking the last uh, couple of couple of days, and actually past couple of weeks, right prior to prior to this week, that um, you and Doug, and then uh, you and I started talking about um, about. I know we're having technical difficulties there, here with my volume. Is that all right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, usually, people the last thing people complain about is that my voice is too soft. Um, but talking about. Um, uh, John MacArthur's book, The Gospel According to Jesus, and mm-hmm. kind of in review, we, we've talked about you know, kind of four points of the gospel, you know, God's original plan for us to be in dependent relationship with him, to, for us to be in perfect relationship with him, to have no barriers in that relationship, and for God to provide everything that we need and for us to be his his loving family. Yeah. And uh, but but then the second point to that is our our problem, right? Our man's problem, our mm-hmm. sin, mm-hmm. and not only the problem that it it separates us from God. And we talked about that a lot yesterday. That it separates us 
And some people might think, well, that's not so bad. All right, so I'm separated from God. Well, it puts us under God's eternal punishment, under God's eternal wrath. And we can't do anything about it on our own, and we got into that a lot. And then um, started talking yesterday about God's provision, God's solution to our problem, um, because he didn't want to leave us in that condition that our problem, our sin problem, leaves us in. And his solution, of course, is Jesus. And we we started talking about that yesterday. We read Isaiah 53, about passage that's well-known, predicting the Messiah, predicting Jesus, what, seven, eight hundred years prior to him uh, being born, and and talking about how uh, it was God's will to crush him, because that was God's plan to do that for us, um, and about how we're healed by his wounds and his stripes, mm-hmm. uh, about uh, how the, the punishment, it uses the word chastisement in the passage, right. but the punishment that was on him brought us peace. And so we're going to maybe expand on that a little bit today but can, and continue that thought. Well, and you, you kind of highlighted those points. Uh, Doug and I started a couple of weeks ago talking about uh, God's plan, God's purpose in creating mankind. We were created, as you said, to be in an intimate, personal, independent relationship with him. You can go back to the garden. That's that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, God gathers the dust from the ground and shapes Adam and breathes into Adam the, the, the ruah, the, the, the spirit of God. And he wants to be in real. I mean, can you imagine Adam wakes up and he's face to face with God? Well, that's the way it was designed to be. But quickly, sin comes in, comes into the mix. And that's that's the problem. So we got the plan, which is God's plan, that we'd be in an intimate, personal, and dependent relationship on him. The, the, the problem is that we are sinful. Uh, King David said, from my mother's womb, mm. I was sinful. I was actually looking at that verse uh, earlier today and... Uh, just reminded about the uh, th- just how simple that that verse is, and uh, I'll find it in a minute. But, well, but uh, the important part about that verse, I think, to point out uh, more than one important part, but is that, like he said, David said, we're born as sinners. We're born with a sinful nature. We don't. We're not born innocent, if you will. Like a lot yeah. of people, I think, think that that we're. Right. Oh, look at babies. They're so innocent. Babe. They're born innocent, and, and we don't become sinners until we sin. Yeah, I mean, D- David said, he said in Psalm 51.5, he said, I was brought forth in iniquity, right. and in sin did my mother conceive me. Now, we were talking about it in the last break, how important it is to understand the words, the language that's being spoken. I think the NIV does a maybe a little more easier to understand. It says, surely I was sinful at birth. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting, it's almost like he changed his mind and went, wait, wait, wait a minute, I wasn't just sinful at birth. It says sinful from the time of my, that my mother conceived me. Yeah. As was every other person who's ever been born or created, exactly, except for Adam exactly. and Eve. And, and you know, we, we have identified that as we look at the gospel, the good news of the gospel. Well, you said it yesterday, we can't understand the good news unless we understand the bad news. Right. Well, the bad news is that we're sinners, but even worse than that, we have been separated from God. We've been separated from the one who created us 
to be in relationship with him, and now we can't be in relationship with him because it says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the other bad news is the wages of sin is death. So the wages of sin is death is separation from God. And as we started yesterday, we started to look at God's provision, God's solution, which is Jesus Christ. Right. And so we'll kind of kind of expand on that a little bit today. I kind of thought maybe today, and one of the things you and I were talking about last week, while we, we kind of love doing the radio thing together because we kind of put our books aside. And I mean, yes, I've got my computer open, and i got a lot of paper here that I want to refer to. But I love to look across at you and connect with you eye to eye and just kind of engage each other in the the just absolutely amazing word of God, mm, yeah, the yeah. gospel. And so today, I not only want to talk about God's provision, God's solution, which is Christ, but why don't we talk about what what Christ provided us? Hey, the good news is that he he provided Christ, right? But it's bigger than that. Oh yeah, remember the Ginzu knives? Wait, wait there's more. There's more. And uh, I know we're going to take a break, but I want to get into the more. Yeah. What, what did we get yep. in Christ Jesus? Yep. And, and while along those lines, God's solution is Jesus. It's his solution to our sin problem. But remember the, the original plan. So he's got to have a solution to the sin problem, which is Jesus, so that he can restore things to something even better than the original plan. And I think that's kind of what you're getting at. So you're right, Brad. We're going to take a break here in just a minute. Um, We're thankful for all of our listeners. Thankful that you're you're listening in today, especially on WMOX, WMER in Meridian, Mississippi, WPMH in Chesapeake, Virginia, WTRJ here in Jacksonville, and also uh, on 91.9 in St. Augustine and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. Uh, remember, you can also listen on the SWAT radio app. You can go to the app store and download the SWAT radio app, which has some cool stuff on it. And you can also listen on SWATradio.com, not only to us uh, as we broadcast live, but you can listen to any past show that you'd like to hear. And our, our buddy, uh, James, Greg, Greg or Greg, did I, or Grim, Grim, Grim James Grim. Grim out in Idaho uh, does that website for us and gives you a nice little summary of what's discussed on each show. We'll be There is good news for the captive Good news for the shame There is good news for the world who walked away There is good news for Welcome back to SWAT Radio. David Gray and Brad Sykes with you here from the Salem Center in Jacksonville, Florida. Glad you're with us. Doug McCary is off this week. He's actually not off. He's conducting a a retreat or training or whatever we want to call it, right, with a bunch of guys up in Georgia, and hopefully they're doing well. He's probably... I think they're doing a firearms right, training. Right, right. And, uh, Doug I, is very good at training. Doug yeah. is very good. At, yeah. I, I don't know if I can do this here, but if you're ever interested in getting uh, 
training in firearms, mm-hmm. uh, reach out to Doug. Yeah. Doug at SWATradio.com. Yep. Uh, he does that kind of as a, I don't want to call it a side hustle. I mean, he's a former FBI agent, yep. Marine. Yep. Uh, he's got, uh, I, I've been out shooting with him. You ever, so you ever I, yeah, yeah, I did yeah. his class. Yeah, I and, did his class. Uh, did the classroom part and then the, and then the, and, then the and I've never part. really <clears throat> been a firearms person in my life, but I, I enjoyed his class and thought it was good. My wife and I did it together. And, yeah, so did we. Uh, Vicky yep. really enjoyed that. Yep, so did we. Well, listen. Let's uh, let's let's jump in. You, you know, we're we're looking this week at the third part three in our four or five week uh, time here on SWAT Radio. Before we jump into, uh, before we jump back into Acts, uh, I think we're going to be in Acts seventeen here in a couple of weeks. And I, let me just make a quick plug for any of you, at least in the Northeast Florida area. Um, in fact. Really, anywhere. If you're listening to us, SWAT Radio really got, was birthed out of a SWAT Bible study uh, that was taking place here in Jacksonville. In fact, there were four or five studies going on throughout the city that Doug was teaching, and uh, one on Wednesday morning, one on Wednesday at lunch, one on Thursday morning, one on Thursday night, and one on Friday morning out in St. Augustine. And uh, this kind of broadcast came about as a result of that study where you know Doug and I started off just saying hey we're going to work through the passage that he's teaching this week and we're going to talk about how we apply these things yeah. you know the word of god you talking about it earlier is a, is a two-edged sword it's meant to cut in and do its work yeah. in our lives and so the idea was that we would come on the air uh, open it up for people who want to call in, but that Doug and I would basically work through the text, and then we would begin to discuss just practical application to the Word of God. So for you that are listening out there, if you are not currently involved in a small group or a men's Bible study, let me encourage you, and I mentioned this, as I, I think, after the first segment or before we the break in the first segment, I am so grateful that God brought men like my brother-in-law into my life. Uh, Doug was in my life 25 years ago when I first moved to Jacksonville. You can probably go down a list of men who played a a vital role in your spiritual maturity. And, you know, as I look at, in fact, as we've been working through the gospel according to Jesus by Dr. John MacArthur, I had a lot of quotes that I pulled out of that book. And one, I'm just going to read this. I thought this was really good. It, if repentance is genuine, we cannot expect we cannot we we excuse me. If repentance is genuine, we can expect it to produce observable results. There must be a sincere change in one's lifestyle. Yep. And and this isn't about keeping the rules. It is about having someone in your life, having other men in your life. If there are women out here, I'm sure they could speak to that as well. The importance of having someone that you're doing life with. And so here in about a couple of weeks, I think we're going to kick off the SWAT Bible studies again. And you can go to to the uh, um, SWATradio.com or hislight.org, I believe, Mm -hmm. and check out where those studies are taking place. For those of you that aren't in the Northeast Florida area, uh, you can do it online. So I think there's still a Zoom call that we do. there will still be a Zoom call on Thursday nights. Yep, and a lot of guys... Few guys from outside the area 
uh, do call into that. Our buddy John Williams, who's over in Tampa, yeah, that's right, calls yeah. into that a lot. Well, so. you know, and that started really out of COVID, right? Uh, because there was a period of time where we weren't meeting, right? That was the only study there for a while, and then it became convenient for certain people. So Doug, Doug kept it up, and I, I've I did it a few times even after COVID, and it's always nice that it's there mm-hmm. if for some mm-hmm. reason you can't get to one of the in-person studies. Yeah. Well, I think today we're going to spend some time here in Luke chapter 4, uh, verses 16 through, uh, is it 21, I think it is? Right. And uh, again, we're looking at this idea that God has provided good news, yeah. and that good news is in Christ. Yeah. And so... And these scriptures that we've been reading, you know, Isaiah 53 and now Luke chapter 4, mm-hmm. these are scriptures specifically talking about the fact that Jesus is the Messiah, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, that's right. I, I, Isaiah predicting it and not, you know, like, like you said, not only predicting and talking about that God would provide a, a solution, a Messiah, but that Jesus specifically is that solution. And now this is, we, we looked at, what Isaiah wrote in chapter 53 of Isaiah seven, 800 years before the birth of Christ and how detailed it is, yeah. <clears throat> how, how detailed mm-hmm. and specific it is about what Jesus went through and how accurate. Yeah. And, and now this is in Luke uh, chapter four, Jesus reading again from Isaiah, but confirming that what Isaiah has written is about him. Mm-hmm. So, so this is uh, Luke chapter four, verses 16 to 21. And he, meaning Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Interesting um, that Jesus was in Capernaum. Uh, he, He came to Nazareth. And uh, Christ had already ministered in Capernaum. You and I both have been in Capernaum mm-hmm. uh, and in Nazareth also. Yep. Did you do the little the little tour in Nazareth? the Nazareth Village? Yeah, fantastic. I think it was the best meal of the trip. Not that that's what I remember most. The chicken was it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. It? Yeah, but yeah, essentially, for those of you who are wondering what we're talking about, they've they uncovered some some artifacts there in, in Nazareth and they recreated a village or a little town or a mini neighborhood almost like it would have been in Jesus time. It's really cool. It really is cool. Very cool. I, maybe on the next break, I'll tell you something that I, I experienced there that day in the village of Nazareth. Okay. But it's really interesting. I always encourage people go on that trip. If you can get there, go on that trip. Doug does one a year and I highly recommend yeah. it. Yeah. But, you know, you think about, we kind of started off the broadcast talking about, <clears throat> so we talked about God's plan, that we'd be in a personal, intimate, and dependent relationship on him, with him. Uh, 
but there's a problem. Man's problem is sin. And not only is that bad news, it's bad news because we're separated from the one who created us to be in relationship with him. However, God provided good news. He provided the Messiah. Hmm. And really throughout this text that you just read, we not only see that the the provision is Christ himself, that is the ultimate provision, is the Messiah. Yes. But with that comes other, you know, other things that are just massive as you look at this. Proclaiming the good news to the poor, Luke 4.18, kind of stands out. Mm. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. In other words, this is from the foundations of the earth. Right. This was part of God's plan. Right. And I think there's a hard, there's a disconnect often that we can't seem to kind of bridge the gap between our sin and God's holiness. Because as Doug and I were talking about a couple of weeks ago, we have this tendency to think we're good in some way. You know, I, I think I've, I say that a lot. Man, David Gray's a really good guy. Mm-hmm. Steve, he's a really good guy. Of course, theologically, that's completely a disaster. Correct. And 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 so, but we 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 tend to think we're really not that bad. Not right. Right. You know? And we compare ourselves. We don't compare ourselves to God's standard. We compare ourselves to other people. Yeah. Or to to certain standards of the world, and we think. Well, I pay my taxes. I haven't run anybody over this week that I know of. I, you know, I, uh, I help old ladies across the street. I mean, I'm just being silly. Here, right. But, yeah. But you know, yeah. we tend to, we tend to think, you know, compared to a certain worldly standard, maybe I'm not that bad, but mm-hmm. we don't compare ourselves to God's standard, which is perfection. Yeah. And that's where people in general, right. Freak out. And the Bible even talks about, Jesus being the stumbling block, mm-hmm. right? That how can God, A, expect perfection, and B, how can Jesus be the only way? Well, and that's, you know, this is where I think we have a tendency to water down this idea that we're sinful. Uh, well, again, I, you know, I'm not as bad as that guy, or I'm, I, I know I'm better than this person. Yep. I do more things. I give more. I serve more. I, you know, all the... It's what I call the spiritual resume. I, mm-hmm. I begin to stack uh, my resume spiritually. Look at all the things I've done right. or am doing. But we don't really grasp the fact that God's standard is absolute holiness. We And, and this is one of the things I'm really firm on is I, I want us to understand God's attributes. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the first attributes is his, is his holiness. Right. What is his holiness? Yeah. And and when we understand the vast, you know, to say it's even vast that there's some chasm between us and God is a, is such an understatement. And so, this idea that we would need a savior is almost foreign to most people because yeah. we've been, it's been ingrained in us to work hard and to do good works. Right. We can pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, and we can do enough things to turn ourselves around. So that we can be back in God's good graces. But there's a fundamental flaw, of course, in that thinking. And we'll talk about that when we come back from the break. We're going to go to our final break of the day here on SWAT Radio. David Gray and Brad Sykes, glad you're with us. 
Call us at 844-777-7928 with a question or a comment, and we will be right back on SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone, for our final segment of the day today. David Gray and Brad Sykes, glad you are with us. And we are talking about God's provision of Jesus, God's solution to our sin problem and and our problem of being eternally and hopelessly separated from God and under under his wrath that God provided Jesus to be the solution for that. And we just read the passage from Luke chapter 4, verses 16 to 21, where Jesus first... uh, goes to the synagogue in, in Nazareth, where he's from, and, and reads the passage from Isaiah. I think it's from Isaiah 61, um, although I could be wrong about that, where he reads about himself that God has sent him, that the Spirit of the Lord is on him, and God's anointed him to proclaim good news, to proclaim liberty and recovering uh, of sight to the blind and liberty to the captives. Yeah, and it, just, is, it is Isaiah 61. And, um, and you know, Brad, we were, we were talking during the break you know, good news almost seems like a an understatement, right? Because when we really, and even when we start to have a better understanding to the point you were making about the gap that exists between us and God, and it's irreconcilable. It's, it is. It's irre, it's yeah. it's uncrossable, if you mm-hmm. will. It's 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 unreachable. Whatever the word is you want to use, and and yet we really don't have anything close to a full understanding about our sinfulness. And, and, you know, we talked last week a little about total depravity, but Mm -hmm. this, this one of the five points of Calvinism, right? That we have no ability to save ourselves or to make ourselves right right with God. And therefore we're destined for eternal punishment, eternal wrath that, and, and, you know, when we say this with all soberness, right, that hell is, 
Bible talks a lot about hell. Jesus talked a lot about hell. It is a reality, and it's not going to be some party place. I mean, think of every good thing there is in the world that we know and enjoy. It's from God. Mm -hmm. This will be the total absence of God, the total absence of truth, the total absence of goodness. And there will be an element of punishment involved. The Bible is very clear about that. It calls it a place of torment and gnashing of teeth. Mm -hmm. So this is not... This is not just... Yeah, you're not going to be taking a nap in yeah, hell. Right. Uh, yeah, it's it's eternal punishment. Somebody once yeah. suggested, I heard, total darkness. Yeah. yeah. I mean, think about that. Yeah. I, it's, it, it, and, and, and that these are sobering things, but, mm-hmm. but that's why this is so important. Well, it is, and I'm, I'm glad Doug kind of wanted to start our first this semester off talking about the gospel. I mean, the gospel ought to be on our lips every day, but as you look at Luke chapter 4, this passage that you read, 16 to 21, it's a couple of things that just kind of stand out. We can kind of banner back and forth about it, but first thing, it becomes very clear is that Jesus knew his mission. Mm-hmm. He knew his mission. It talks about to proclaim the good news to the poor. Uh, as you said, he's quoting the prophecy in Isaiah to proclaim liberty to the captives, to help the blind to see, to liberate the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You know, I, there's a couple of things that, I mean, obviously we could hit each one of those. So when you talk about proclaiming good news to the poor, I can't help but think we're talking about Israel a minute ago being on the the Sea of Galilee, where Jesus, you know, gives the Sermon of the Beatitudes. What's the first Beatitude? Yeah, blessed are the poor, blessed in, are spirit. The poor in spirit. Right. It's this idea that when we understand our own depravity, when we understand our own poverty, and he's talking about spiritual poverty, obviously proclaiming good news to the poor. I mean, yes, materially poor Spiritually poor, more importantly. Yeah, spiritually bankrupt. Completely. This is good news for those who recognize that they are poor in spirit. Right. We are spiritually bankrupt. To proclaim liberty to the captives. What is it that has us captivated? Mm. Yeah. You know, we, we, most of us, all of us, if you're breathing, you're probably captivated by something that the enemy has got got a grip in you sure jesus came to liberate us from that liberate us from its power and liberate us from its penalty amen it doesn't mean that we'll never struggle with it again it doesn't mean that it ever it won't ever get even a grip on us again a little bit but it doesn't have to anymore the power of it has been broken we have the power of the spirit at our disposal to battle for us. Amen. And and but but also its its penalty has been broken. The penalty we've been freed from its penalty. Um and I think that's where I struggle, I know, and I'm sure this is true for other people that I forget that. I, I I commit a sin and we've talked about this in here before. I Doug talks a lot about being quick to repent. Yeah. Not yeah. because my my salvation is in doubt but because my lines of communication with God are clouded because mm-hmm. I've sinned against him and yeah. I sin against him regularly. Yeah. And so, but I, but I tend to forget 
or or not think about the fact that Jesus, what he did, covered it all, and that God does not somehow see me now differently because I committed that sin again yeah. Yeah. than he did five minutes before I committed it. He exactly. sees me like he sees Jesus. Yeah. And again, that's and I have to remind myself of this because I can go too far the other way. That's not a license to sin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what what Bonhoeffer called cheap right. grace, and that's what I've called a blank check. It's it, That's the wrong attitude. Yeah. Yeah. That that shows that we're not understanding what it cost him to, to, to do this for us. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean I don't go there sometimes, because I do. But, sure. but it's this idea of remembering that what he did was more than sufficient. Amen. Amen. Well, and I think about the, in fact, this was a quote that I loved in the book, uh, the gospel according to Jesus, repentance is not a one-time act. The repentance that takes place at conversion begins a progressive, lifelong process right. of confession, and and we are we ought to daily be confessing sin because we sin daily. Yeah. To say we don't, I think John says uh, you're a liar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you say you are without sin, right. But, so, but, so, so I'm sorry. There's that yeah. original. There's that initial repentance, as as it said, repentance unto life. Right. Yes, this idea exactly. that when we're regenerated, which God initiates, we are forgiven. We're regenerated. We're made new creatures. We're we're in Christ. We're covered completely mm-hmm. by Him. And so there's that initial repentance of it's all true. I, I remember my dad <laughs> saying that. I it hit him one day when he was 30 years old. It's all true. And, and that repentance of, God, forgive me, I need you. But then to your point, the daily repentance, it's not a daily um, recouping of salvation, mm-hmm. for lack of a better way right. to put it. Right. But it's a daily putting ourselves in the appropriate position before God, recognizing our sinfulness. And we do, like, like Jesus said when he washed the disciples' feet, Peter said, he said, if you don't let me wash your feet, you don't have any part in me. Peter said, well, wash my head, my, wash all of yeah, me. Right. And Jesus said, well, you don't need a bath. You just need your feet cleaned up. Yeah, yeah. And I, Meaning, I think, that we're clean yeah, in his yeah, sight, but yeah. we get dirty because we're sinful and we live in a sinful world and we need that well, cleaned the, up. The, the imagery was that these guys are going from town to town to town and their sandals and their feet are exposed. That as we move around yeah. in the world today, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get some mud on us. We're yep. gonna get some dirt on us. Yep. And and it is a daily confession. So as you look through this list, <clears throat> he can't. Jesus knew his mission to proclaim the good news to the poor. Think about it spiritually, spiritual poverty, uh, to proclaim liberty to the captives. We're spiritually captive, or we are captivated by sin. He came to liberate us mm. from that. He helps the blind to see, the spiritually blind. That in reality, as I'm sure you have had the opportunity over the years to share your testimony, my testimony is this. I grew up in the church. I know these ears probably heard the gospel, but God opened my eyes in in July of 1980 to see it and to truly hear the gospel. Right. But he also regenerated my heart to put my faith in Christ. And so when he talks about to help the blind see, we're all blind uh, until we come to Christ. And Christ came to help the blind to see. He also 
came to liberate the oppressed. There's been a lot of talk about oppression over the last couple of years, right? You ever believe that you were oppressed? Yeah, absolutely. You're oppressed. And Jesus came to liberate the oppressed. Mm. He came to proclaim the year of the uh, of the Lord's favor. So, you know, we've, we're going to get into it further in the week as we look at the good news is Jesus. Okay, well, what does that encompass? Yep. And, and just in this one passage here as we've looked at today, it's good news to the poor, it's to liberate the captives, it's to give sight to the blind, and it's to liberate the oppressed. Yeah. And uh, there's probably another dozen you could probably hit on within there. And he fulfills these things. And later on, I was just reading this when as great as John the Baptist was and as sure as he was about who Jesus was at one point, because he was just a man, you know, the greatest born among women, yep. Jesus said up to that point. But he was a man and he had doubts. Absolutely. And he sent his followers to ask Jesus, are you the are, one? Are you the one? And Jesus lists a lot of these things, yeah. He's, you know. Basically, he he lists a lot of the things that Isaiah predicted, right? Proclaiming good news, giving sight to the blind. Not just the spiritually oppressed and blind, but physically. He was cleansing lepers and healing the blind, and the deaf were hearing. So um, you're right. He he did know his mission, and he fulfilled it completely. Hey, good to be with you, brother. Yeah, you too, Brad. We'll see you tomorrow, and we are at the end of our time. Thank you for listening today on SWAT Radio. David Gray and Brad Sykes, and we will be back tomorrow to continue our discussion about God's solution to our sin problem in the person of Jesus Christ. Thanks. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual